So on Wednesday, we talked about the Blue Jackets draft and uh, we started to get into their prospect pool in general. We're continuing that conversation today with Tony Ferrari from the Hockey News. And uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different prospects, some that you might expect, some that you might not. But uh, that's all coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jacket, We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, excitement, uh, tragedy, everything in between about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So uh, if you haven't checked us out over there, then feel free to do so. We super, super appreciate it. Locked On Blue Jackets is uh, never going to be behind a paywall, and that is our promise to you. So uh, let's get into today's episode. On Wednesday, we sat down with Tony Ferrari. We talked a little bit about uh, the draft that just happened, uh, some of the later round picks who we're excited about. And uh, then we started to get into the prospect pool in general. Tony wrote a really great article about uh, how good the Blue Jackets prospect pool is. And uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit more detail about uh, maybe some names that don't get as much talk as, you know, the Kent Johnsons or the David Yurichek's of... Uh, of the prospect pool, so we're going to talk about uh, centers, we're going to talk about goaltenders, and uh, just, we're going to have some fun with it, I think, so I'll just, uh, I'll get right into it. Something else I want to talk about in in the article is, you know, and you talked about it a little bit before, the Blue Jackets kind of have prospects at every position, but the big thing with the Blue Jackets, and it has been for a few years now, center depth. Blue Jackets have, I mean, on their roster right now, the Blue Jackets have probably four middle six centers. <laughs> they don't have a number one center at the minute. I feel like they're probably going to have some competition for that. It's either, you know, Cole Sillinger, Boone Jenner, um, maybe Jack Roslevic on that top line, you know, everyone competing to play between Goudreau and Line. And I don't necessarily think that you need, I've kind of talked about this a little bit on previous episodes. I don't know that you necessarily need a top line center to play with between those two guys. I mean, you could probably put me on that <laughs> center position and I would do okay between Goudreau and Line. But is there anyone in the Blue Jackets kind of prospect pool that you think has that potential to be that top line center? Well, I think Cole Soldier can be a top line center. Would I want to necessarily play him with those two guys? I, I think he'd be a really good fit in terms of being able to kind of do a little bit of everything. I think Goudreau showed his goal scoring touch last year, but he is primarily more of a playmaker. Line is, is Patrick Line. He's going to put in, try to put up 40. <laughs> he's got one trick and he's real good at it. Yeah. He does one thing extremely well and you love to see it. And I think Goudreau and him together are going to create some magic. So do I want to see a Cole Sillinger there? I don't know. I, I think that's kind of a situation where I'm like, yes he could be your number one center but maybe he plays on the second line maybe he's a guy that you do put with 
a guy like Kent Johnson in another winger and you go from there and you worry about that. And, and you put a guy like Jack Roslevic there. I think that would be a really good fit between those two guys. I know he's not a prospect necessarily, but he's, he's a guy that I think fits well there because he can do a little bit of everything and he's not going to be like asking for the puck too much. And I think that's the big thing with that line is you have two guys who want the puck all the time, whether it's lying to shoot it or Goudreau to do everything with it. Um, you don't have to worry about Jack Roslevic worrying about getting the puck too, too often. So I think a guy like Cole Stillinger, you want him to have the puck more often. You want him to want the puck more often. Put him on the second line. Let him kind of do a line himself. Like, give yourself a, a Cole Sillinger line. Don't force him to be on the Johnny Goudreau line. Yeah, for sure. I will say uh, on the the subject of kind of Cole Sillinger and who he should play with, I am glad that the Blue Jackets managed to re-sign Patrick Line. I am furious that they robbed me of the Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger, Oliver Bjorkstrand line that I have yep. been pushing for all off-season. So, uh, you know, would I rather have... Patrick Laine or Oliver Bjorkstrand? Probably Patrick Laine, but yeah. I'm still mad about it. Um, coming from a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Tony, but first I've got to tell you all about Built Bar, because if you haven't tried Built Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a brand new flavor. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. And that's right, Built has done it again. Your new favorite bar is here. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's good for you. They are only 160 calories per bar. They've got 15 grams of protein in them, so run to Built.com right now to snag a box for yourself and the family. It'll be the perfect treat, or you can do what I do, just find a really good hiding place and hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, covered in 100% real chocolate, they are healthy and tasty. And what's great about Built Bar is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your bar, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So you can eat something that tastes good and is good for you, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. So ditch the calories, fat and sugar and grab yourself a Built bar. And here's the best bit. If you go to Built.com, you can use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Who else is kind of in the system? So you mentioned a couple of names. Um, I think you mentioned uh, Tyler Angle and Liam Foody and one other guy that I'm forgetting for kind of prospect at center you know are there do you see any of those guys kind of playing in the nhl in that center position because i know a lot of centers end up going to the wing because there's more room because you know like you look at the kent, the kent johnson who was listed as center and then played wing his entire college career so is there anyone yeah. in that kind of prospect pool that you think could be maybe not that top line center but who could be an nhl center because at this point the blue jackets just kind of need those yeah I think Tyler Angle is an interesting guy for a bottom six as an energy line center. I think he he played really well at center in the OHL. He plays a little bit in the at center in the, in the AHL, but he also plays on the wing there. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see where he does land at the NHL level and if he actually makes the NHL level because he did take a little bit of a step back last year. I think a guy like Liam Foody could be a really reliable bottom six center as well. I think he's a guy that plays with some decent speed, plays with some pace attacks the net when he get when he's at his best. And I think that's a guy that you look at and you go, he's not necessarily going to drive play and, and be this dominating force offensively, but he's going to make a lot of the right plays. He's going to push the play into the offensive zone, even if he's not generating offense himself necessarily. So I think he's a guy that could play at the bottom six center. And at the end of the day, the guy that he just drafted, Luca Del Bell believes is a really 
good offensive player. I don't know if his skating is going to allow him to play center, but he has a lot of the traits that can make him a good center. He plays with a little bit of power, plays with some some really high-end uh, offensive tools, really good shooter, just absolute bomb of a shot. And I think that's something that could kind of project him to the NHL level as a center. His skating is an issue, though. I think that's going to be the thing that holds him back from being a center. So do I think they have a center that can kind of fit into that middle six? Jack Roslevic's a really fun player. Um, I, I like Jack Roslevic, so I, I'll go with him. But yeah, I think the center depth is probably their weak point in their prospect pool, even though they do have a couple guys that I think might play center at the NHL level. It's just probably not going to be all that high up the lineup. Yeah, I feel like that's been the big thing for the Blue Jackets is they have a fair amount of centers. They just don't really have the even the top six center yeah. depth. You know, like obviously Corsell and Joe will probably be fine on that second line, could play on the top line, but we don't have that guy, um, yeah. which could could get interesting. And people love to remind Blue Jackets fans of it when we mm-hmm. get excited. They're like, well, you don't have a Sidney Crosby or a Austin Matthews or a Nate McKinnon. And I'm like, yeah, we have Goudreau in line eight. It's going to be fine, guys. Calm down. Um, in terms of just kind of uh, elsewhere in the prospect pool and um, i want to talk about goaltending um and i know goaltending is voodoo and you can't ever really be like hey this guy's gonna hit this guy's gonna miss um but you talked about um obviously daniel tarasov a uh, fairly good goaltending prospect they picked up another goalie in this draft um and i feel like the blue jackets goaltending depth went from being really quite good to being fairly poor um, how do you think the goaltending depth is the minute? Uh, yeah, I think they went from having a lot of really good young goaltenders to having a couple of question marks. I think Ivanov's a pretty decent young goalie. He's not a guy that is uh, going to dominate, I don't think, but he's a guy that has some some skill. The problem is he's 5'11". And I think that's a, something that NHL teams shy away from a lot um, when they're drafting goalies, and I think that's why Ivanov fell even though we came into the year as kind of one of those guys where people were like, well, maybe he's the top goalie in this draft class. But at the end of the day, this draft class didn't really have any, any goalies that are like really studs or guys that you can really rely on. There was no Yaroslav Askarov or Jesper Wallstedt or a Spencer Knight. There wasn't a guy like that, or even a Spencer Kosa uh, that you look at and you're like, that's a future NHL starter for sure. I think Ivanov has got a really good skill set. He's really technically sound. He's got a, a lot of athleticism. Like I said, that 5'11 frame is the biggest hindrance on him. I think last year, looking at the stats right now, he had a 9.28 save percentage. That's a really good save percentage in the MHL. He was on a good team as well, which helps in everything. So it's not like he was this guy that was just saving his team's bacon all the time. And then with Daniel Tarasov, I think that's a guy that, at the end of the day, he's been a really good prospect for the Blue Jackets. I think he's a guy that probably plays in the NHL. He's a guy that probably end up ends up challenging for starts eventually. When? That's going to be the question. I think the, the Blue Jackets have some really good goalies right now. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what, what he does because, I mean, Tarasov in this four games at the NHL level last year had a 937, but then in the AHL, he was an 893. So goalies are a little bit up and down. Sometimes at the AHL level, you don't have the defensive structure in front of you to be able to play your game to the best of your abilities. So your numbers do kind of fluctuate up and down down there. So I, I think this is a guy that at the end of the like, 
if he's challenging for a starting job in a couple a year or two, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I do think he is an NHL goalie at the end of the day. So I, I think, although the goalie depth isn't quite what it used to be, I think Tarasov is a really good goaltender to have in the system. And a lot of teams you look at around, whether it's a Toronto, a, a Montreal, a, an Ottawa, even you don't have that goalie in the system like Tarasov is. So you, you look at Tarasov and you, you're pretty happy with that, that guy there. And then, who knows? Maybe Ivanov is the next Yaroslav Halak, who's a 5'11 five, five, goalie who kind of has to find some success at the NHL level. Coming up in a minute, I've got the end of my conversation with Tony about uh, Blue Jacket prospects. Yeah, as a as a goalie who is 5'10 on a good day, I always <laughs> support small goalies uh, doing doing well. Big UC Saros fan, for example. Um, but And I feel like people kind of get twitchy about the goalie position, and then you realize that they only really need, you only need two goalies on the team you know it's not like wingers where you need eight nhl level wingers like yeah you have tarasov and then in a couple of years maybe ivanov steps up by the time he's ready the blue jackets will probably have another goalie in the system you don't need like a million good goalie prospects i don't exactly think. probably and, better and, to have and, them but yeah oh it's great to have them but at the end of the day i think the goalie prospect is if you have one or two that are pretty good goalie prospects, which I think the Columbus Blue Jackets do have at this point, you don't have to worry about it too much because hopefully one of those guys becomes a starter. And then let's be honest, signing a backup goalie is kind of a dime a dozen in the NHL nowadays. You can go for a high-end guy like Yaroslav Halak or you go for a guy like uh, Curtis Macklin, circa a few years ago, and, and you just hopefully he can kind of play and give you serviceable NHL games and and at the end of the day, not lose you games. And I think you can sign those guys with pretty much ease and sign them for a million under $2 million. And you're pretty happy with that. So really you only need one guy to work out in your whole prospect pool. And if you draft a goalie every year, every couple of years, you're probably going to find a guy. Yeah, for sure. Is there anyone kind of in the blue jackets prospect pool that maybe isn't, you know, we kind of talked about a couple of guys that are kind of a little bit under talked about, is there anyone that we kind of haven't mentioned that you are like, hey, this guy could be a real kind of steal, I guess? Is there anyone that you think hasn't had the attention that they maybe should do at this at this stage? I think the one guy I'll mention is Corson Kuhlman. He's the boomer bus guy. I think he's either going to be a really nice number one, two or three NHL defenseman, or he's going to be a guy that just rips up the AHL and kind of has a great career down there. He's got all the tools in the world. He's a good skater. He's an excellent offensive mind. He loves to push the pace offensively and kind of get in some shots, use his passing ability, kind of find guys in the back door and everything. But there are some times where you're like, what are you doing? Like you just question his decision-making at times as well. So he's going, he's in college and you hope he kind of works it out there and you, you let him kind of develop, let him take his time and everything. But he's a really good toolsy guy a guy he's got everything you want to see in the defense he's got size he's got skating he's got the the offensive ability he can kind of crush guys along the boards when he decides to engage physically he can make a great breakout pass hit a guy in stride up the uh, through the neutral zone so you you want to see him work out and then another guy that I, I think really doesn't get talked about as much as he should is Kirill Marchenko and I think it's just because he's kind of feels like he's been around forever but he's a guy that has a ton of skill some goal scoring ability some playmaking ability I would love to see this guy work out why he hasn't at this point. I, I couldn't tell you, but he's a guy that I won't be shocked if he, all of a sudden he pops off in the middle of the year, gets a call up or gets to, to the league and, and you're like, okay, like Kirill Marchenko. Like, yeah, this guy is a guy that we've been expecting to do this for a couple of years now and he's finally doing it. 
yeah, for sure. I'm super excited about Marchenko. Uh, this is going to be his first year in North America. People are kind of slotting him in on the third line. Um, I think that would be pretty pretty fun. Um, but uh, one one final question, and that kind of ties into this. Who on the Blue Jackets uh, kind of list of prospects are you most excited to see in the NHL this season? This season? Maybe or, well, kinda, in, in the next yeah, couple yeah. of seasons, maybe. I was going to say, maybe this is kind of uh, banking on your hot take there, but I, I'm going to say David Juracek. This is a guy that I think if he was, if he didn't get hurt at the, the abbreviated World Juniors that we had in the, in, the, in the winter, I think he probably would have been the top defenseman taken. He was my top defenseman on my board, and I think he has all of the tools to be that that top pairing guy at the end of the day. And he's really, in my opinion, him and Nemec were the only two guys that I thought had top pairing upside in, in any assurance that they'd get there. And I think Juracek, in my opinion, was the guy that projected better. So I think with his ability to be a good defensive presence, to be a physical guy, use his body, use his snarl, use his nasty streak in his own end, and then have the ability to be offensive as well and, and affect the game in transition. Like Juracek's ability to kind of go into the offensive zone, skate the umbrella, walk the blue line, attack down the lanes and, and use those the space that the opponents are giving him is something that I really love about his game. And the big thing between him and Nemec that I used to separate Juracek was Nemec at times would be a little bit tepid. He would take advantage of the space when there was just an exorbitant amount of space because the Slovakian league was pretty bad. If we're being completely honest. So yeah, he put up some offensive numbers, but with Juracek, he was attacking space. He was taking it for himself, whether there was a guy there or not. He's a guy that understands how to just completely manipulate uh, opposing defenders and forwards, especially when he's kind of going into the offensive zone. So I think this is a guy that has the aggression offensively and defensively that you love to, like to see. So I, I think if he he's a guy that, like you said, hot take, maybe he makes the NHL this year. I wouldn't be shocked because if he didn't get hurt, I'd almost say he he's probably the most NHL ready player in this draft, which is weird to say about defenseman because that's not that often. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm. I'm sticking to my hot take. I think. I think he makes the opening night roster. Uh, I really do. He. I'm super, super excited about David Juracek. Um, for people who want to learn more about prospects, who want to catch up on maybe other prospect pools, or if they want to read the uh, the Blue Jackets uh, prospect pool article that you wrote, which I do highly recommend. Uh, I had a great time reading it. Uh, where can people find you and your stuff on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari. All of the prospect pools are going to be broken down over the next 32 days or what day are we on? Like eight and something like that. Now it's, it's wild. It's been a, a fun time writing all these and diving into each prospect pool, but the blue jackets was probably one of my favorites to do it. And that's not just saying that because I'm on the blue jackets <laughs> podcast. I'm actually serious about that because they were such an interesting little study of going through and going, wow, Yarmo really just got really aggressive took it down and then attacked the prospect pool and loaded right back up and seeing that kind of stuff is what I love to see you. You want to see general managers sometimes treat the NHL like a video game. And that's what Yarmo did a couple of years ago and then loaded up the prospect pool after that. So it's a really fun prospect pool, but uh, you can find all those at the hockey news. Um, I'm tweeting them all out as well. So you can de definitely check them out on my Twitter. Yeah, Yamo is a, a go big or go home guy that just doesn't really like to go home very often. And I uh, I appreciate that about him. Uh, and I appreciate you for coming to talk to me about all of these prospects. Uh, always, always have a blast talking to talking to Tony about uh, the baby blue jackets, potential baby blue jackets and uh, kind of everything in between. So thanks for coming to uh, give us your knowledge. Anytime.
So uh, that's all I've got for you today. Uh, on Monday, I'll be bringing you uh, my conversation with Jack Bushman of Locked On Blackhawks. We are doing a squad cast. With it being about a year since the uh, Seth Jones trade, I thought we would look back, look at how Seth Jones' season went, look at uh, now that the Blue Jackets have made their final selection with the draft picks that they got. Really weighing up the, the trade after a year to see, is there a winner, is there a loser, and uh, was the trade worth it for both teams so that's uh coming up on monday i've been jay foster you can find me on twitter at lo underscore blue jackets nope that's the podcast twitter you can find the podcast there you can find me at underscore jacob foster j-a-k-o-b-f-o-r-s-t-e-r uh you can find the podcast over at lo underscore blue jackets on twitter you can find us wherever you get your podcasts uh we're on youtube if you have comments questions emails uh, you can send those over to LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day every day. Super, super, super appreciate it. Uh, the listens went through the roof in the month of July. And uh, I'm just really grateful that everyone seems to be enjoying the show. And until Monday, make sure you stay locked on.